Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, how good it is to be here in your presence. Fill us with your spirit so that we can fill the world with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So what was your favorite subject in school, or what is your favorite subject in school? I hear math, history, English, recess. That was always my favorite. <laughs> How many of it was math? Quite a few of you. Yeah, I hated math. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Sorry, Diane. Um, because I was never good at it. Now, that's not entirely true. I was good at it at first when it was multiplication, subtraction, addition, division. But then came along things called fractions. Now, fractions were all well and good as long as we were talking about pies and cakes. But then they started taking those and adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing fractions. And then it just went off the rails for me. But I kept on. Took algebra, where all of a sudden they thought that it would be a good idea to introduce letters into these math problems that dealt with numbers. And then I took another year of algebra, which didn't do any better. Um, and then I took trigonometry for some reason and calculus. Um, which to this day I still have no idea what calculus is or what it does. Um, I didn't really know it then either. But there was one class that I was pretty good at, and that was geometry. For some reason, that just clicked. And the interesting thing is a lot of people that really like math don't like geometry because I think it's not really like math. You do these things called proofs and theorems, and it's like basically it was like solving a puzzle. You were putting things in a certain order to get a, a particular outcome. And I was really good at it. And so the other day, I was talking to my youngest daughter, who is taking geometry right now. And she was saying that she's having to memorize all of these, all of these formulas and stuff for her test. And I said, like the quadratic formula. I was pretty impressed that I remember the quadratic <laughs> formula. She said, no, not that one. Don't tell me what it is. But I immediately knew what it was. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Diane's a math teacher for many years. And so I'm right. Now, I've got to be honest with you, folks. I don't know why you use the quadratic formula. I don't know what it does. I don't know what it's for. I, I have no idea. And even though I made straight A's in geometry, there is no way I can help her because I don't remember any of it. Not one single bit. And I spent an entire year learning that stuff. You know, because back then, that's what you did. You didn't have these semester classes. They were the all year long. So 180 days learning geometry, and I know nothing. Nothing. I don't know any algebra. I don't know any trigonometry. I don't know calculus. I don't know any of that stuff. Zero. How is that even possible? You spend that much time learning it, and then you don't know any of it anymore? Am I the only one like that? I mean, and I, I guess... The reason why is I haven't used it, right? You don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. There's actually a, um, a study that, that's been done, and on average, people will learn, when they learn something, they can recall 100% of it right as they learn it, hopefully. 24 hours later, they've lost 40% of it if they don't use it. If it's not reinforced, they lose 40%. And then 
24 hours after that, they lose another 20%. So you go from an A to two days later getting an F if you don't reinforce it between the time you learned it and then. 100% to 60%. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's just gone. So here's the thing. When I used math, I could remember it. But the truth is, geometry doesn't come up much in pastoral ministry, you know? I don't remember the last time I had to use a formula for anything. And so I've forgotten it all. Just like a lot of the other things that I learned in high school. When you don't use it, you lose it. But now, when it comes to creative writing, that I remember. I remember a lot of the English stuff. For instance, in our, in our second reading today, we have a great example of a simile. And if you don't remember what a simile is, it is a comparison using like or as, as compared to a metaphor that does not use like or as. Isn't that something? And let me impress you even more. That, those same verses that have the simile, it's also a hyperbole. And my Bible's way over here. Wasn't as bad when I wasn't walking off camera, but here I am. Um, so, if you look at verses um, 20. 3 and 24 it says for if any are hearers of the word and not doers they are like you see that like they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror for they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they look like isn't that something talk about a simile and a hyperbole all at once right because here's the thing when you look at pictures of yourself, unless you have Alzheimer's dementia or some sort of brain damage, you're going to remember who you are, right? I mean, I can even look at the skinny pictures of me from way back in college, and I still know that's me. And if I look in a mirror and then walk away, I'm still going to know who that is in the mirror the next time I walk in front of a mirror, right? We don't forget these things. Why? Because we do it over and over and over again. And so for James to say... For someone to be a hearer of the word and not doer, it's like they look at themselves in the mirror and walk away and forget who they are. And why would he say that? Because he's exactly right. Because you and I are children of God. That's who we are. And when we come here, we hear that word. We hear the word of God proclaimed. And it, the word is this. God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ who lived among us, became human, and then gave his life, died on a cross, not because of anything he had done, but because of all the horrible sins that you and I commit. He was killed on our behalf, and then God raised him from the dead three days later, giving us the gift of life and life eternal. That's the good news. That is the life-changing, earth-shattering good news that you and I have come here today or, or watching online to hear on this day and every day. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And good news like that, wouldn't you think that it deserves some sort of a response? And yet, we're like those who we hear the word and don't do it. And it's like looking in a mirror and walking away and forgetting what we look like. We forget who we are because we're not reinforcing whose we are. As I said before, 
and just so you know, if you are in school now, heed these words. Because if you learn something in class and then review it or do something with it in the next day, your retention rate goes up astronomically. So if you want to do well in school, all you got to do is spend a few minutes a day re reviewing what you learned. So the next day, look at what your notes from the day before. Boom. That's all you got to do. And the same holds true with us. Because just showing up on Sunday morning means that we're definitely going to forget what we heard, what we learned, what we experienced on Sunday come Monday or come Tuesday. I mean, honestly, how many of you seriously know what I said on Wednesday? Anyone? If you do, I'm impressed because I don't. I've already moved on to the next sermon. I don't have any idea what I preached on last week. But the reality is, the good news should live on. Because, and the way we do that is to do that. Our faith is not just about hearing, it's also about doing. It's about living out that good news. It's about sharing our gifts to show God's love. Now everybody take out your phone. Don't act like you don't have one. Take out your phone. I know y'all probably don't. Very good, choir. You see the, the banner up there on the wall? Take a picture of it. Because at the bottom, you, what, you have what's called the six signs of living. And you hear me talk about that a lot. The six signs of living. This is how we define discipleship. And the reason you're taking this picture is because I want you to pull it out tomorrow and I want you to review. Praise God, increase faith, step up, give generously, accept all, and help others. Because that's how we define what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. These are things that you actually do. Otherwise, all you're doing is hearing. If all you do is hear, you're forgetting who you are. And that's not who we're called to be. We're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And disciples do. That's what, that's what it means. And, and James has specific instructions for that. Because you're like, well, if I'm actually having to do this, if I'm a doer of the word instead of hearer, does that mean I'm going to be like some just closed off Jesus freak that nobody wants to be around anymore? No. Quite the opposite, in fact. Because listen to what James says. He says, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Mama said, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. James says the same thing. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We are so quick to speak. We are forming an opinion on what somebody else has said before the words are even finished coming out of their mouth. And we are going to respond just like that. And if we aren't doing it vocally, we're going to do it on Facebook or Twitter or, or Instagram, aren't we? Be quick to listen. Listen to what other people are saying. Try to understand where they're coming from before you're busy speaking and judging. And then at the end he goes, If any think they're religious but do not bridle their tongues and, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, is, the Father, is this. To care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. People today you love the phrase, I'm spiritual but not religious. And do you know why they say that? 
because in their minds, religious people are busy running their mouths and not doing anything to change anything. All we do is judge and, and speak. My friends, Jesus Christ gave his life for us, for you and for me. We are called to respond. We are called to action. We are called to praise God, increase faith, step up, give generously, accept all, and help others. We are called to, to reach out to those in need, to speak up for those who without a voice. We are called to help the helpless. We are called to give what we've first been given. We are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ, not just hearers who are sitting around listening. We're called to be doers who are out there changing, changing the world. Be hearers of the word and not merely doers who deceive themselves. Amen.